Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Monday, June the 22nd. We come back from a weekend of more consternation and more trying to figure things out. We'll get into it all today as we dive into where the baseball labor negotiations stand. We should have news in the near future, we hope, about where we're headed um, I think the biggest news prior to the weekend, then we'll dive into the whole um, situation and his influence situation uh, on Friday. Jim Salisbury reporting that five players and three staffers at the Philly Spring Training Facility in Clearwater, Florida, Florida had been diagnosed with the coronavirus. And then it turns out there are other camps across Major League Baseball. I believe 40 people overall have contracted the coronavirus, which is obviously... Um, added another wrinkle to this already difficult-to-navigate situation with returning to play and the coronavirus. We'll get into an uh, uh, article from The Athletic in a few minutes that Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellick talking about where the situation is at. But just from the coronavirus perspective, then we'll get into the continued labor negotiations perspective. But the um, just from the coronavirus perspective, look, I, I think it's it's troubling. I think that one of the things, you know, we kind of, as we've sat here and just talked about the money of it all for months here, and, you know, obviously we've we've complained about the fact that, that it seems like the money of it all is really the only factor that is really pushing things for both sides here when, you know, going into this, especially early on before we knew there was going to be labor strife over this, the whole discussion was, Hey, as long as they could do it safely, right? You know, health and safety, that's first and foremost. Everything else will get figured out. But can this be done safely? And can this be done in the midst of the coronavirus still being prevalent in this country, obviously, as, you know, we're seeing spikes in places like Florida and Arizona and, you know, um, we have flattened the curve, it appears for sure, but at the same time, it's not gone. It didn't just disappear. And I think this is pretty major right now. That these camps are having these outbreaks of it. Um, you know, it's good in the sense that it's still prior to when spring training two would start or theoretically start or whatever. Um, it has the potential to push things back potentially as well, you would think. Um, but it also does raise those questions moving forward. Again, if you're going to conglomerate large groups of people in certain spots, you know, for training or games, 
you run some risks. And I think, you know, look, Dr. Fauci's come out and talked about for the NFL the, the nervousness of not doing a bubble system for the NFL. And look, baseball's not doing a bubble system. You know, everyone's going to be at home. Everyone's going to be playing in their own stadiums. Everyone's going to be traveling from place to place. It raises a lot of questions. It really does. It raises a lot of questions. There's a lot of concern, as there should be. Look, this is this is not a no-brainer. This is not easy anymore, you know, in terms of, well, it never was, but in terms of, of getting on the field healthily and safely. Again, we've spent so much time focusing on the money, and we had to because, look, the money is still the reason they're not playing, it appears, but... Now, all of a sudden, the, the health and safety part is rearing its ugly head, and it's something we knew we had to contend with. It's the fluidity of this whole situation has been based on that, obviously. But I think that, um, look, the timing of this and, and it happening now is certainly relevant, and it and it you know, you figure that's going to play a role here. As again, you know, first of all, the the fact that of course it's the Phillies camp that is the first one to you know kind of leak out, but that it is seemingly happening through other camps as well is uh, is a concern. And again, I mean, there's so many issues that obviously pertain to that. The idea, I think, I think the worst case scenario is you start a season and stop it again, right? I mean, that's what everyone's trying to avoid, go through the trouble of trying to make it happen, then it not able to happen. That's a, a big concern. And I do think that this is um, something that obviously now factors into all these discussions. You need to be a lot more concerned about the health and safety aspect of it and we went back and forth with the players and the owners the owners offering 60 games the players offering 70 the owners saying it's 60 or nothing take it or leave it we can have manfred institute a season we'll get into that um in a bit the players were supposed to vote yesterday then postpone the vote because of the coronavirus issues so it's all fluid and it's scary on on multiple levels obviously it's scary just that this um, the situation with the virus obviously keeps persisting and that it is um, influencing things such as a potential season and whatnot is, is obviously a concerning. It's upsetting. You know, we worry. We want not only do we want everyone to be safe and healthy, but also obviously we want to be able to have baseball season in a safe and healthy way. And certainly over the weekend, those fears and concerns were brought to the top of the heap, as they should have always been. Again, you know, we've, we've gotten lost in the money of it all, but this has always been the number one threat in theory, or should have always been the number one threat to a, a season being able to happen and culminate with the playoffs and all that type of stuff. And, and uh, you know, obviously that's one reason the owners have been so insistent upon ending the season at the end of September and been very forceful about wanting to get done early, a fear of a second wave. But again, you know, we're... we're it's not even a second wave if it's still here, right? It's it's all a, a, the same wave. You know, it's just a waves that go up and down. And um, if there are spikes when when bad times for spikes happen, that's real bad for Major League Baseball. So it's obviously a very concerning situation, and um, I think it's brought a lot to the forefront um, in this situation. Look, and and is it something where maybe it can galvanize the discussion? The hey, you know. We, need, we can't mess around here. We need to, to figure this out and do it as safely as possible and make sure that we're playing as quickly as possible so we can get done early. So if it does get worse when it gets colder out and when flu season comes, we can get past that. There's a lot going on to it. Evan Drellick and uh, Ken Rosendahl had a really good article on The Athletic last night uh, leading into today about where it stands now. We'll dive into that and um, react to it as well from the article. At 2.30 on Sunday afternoon, Commissioner Rob Manfred sent a hastily composed email 
to the Major League Baseball Players Association Executive Director Tony Clark, addressing the concern the players had raised in recent days. The players already had indicated a willingness to accept language in Major League Baseball's most recent proposal, empowering Manfred, after a consultation with medical experts and the union, to suspend or cancel the season because of issues related to COVID-19. But the league had gathered from various sources that players were uneasy about a particular question. If the union accepted the league's offer for a 60-game season and granted Major League Baseball expanded playoffs for 2020 and 2021, among other concessions, what would happen if Manfred ended the season early? Brings up a really interesting point. Again, they're, they're fighting for everything here, right? You know, they've gone back and forth on everything. And what does happen if the season has to end early? They're supposed to get their prorated salaries, all that type of stuff. Um, it is a, a real question that needs to be discussed, again, especially in light of what's going on right now. Um and there was a lot that happened over the weekend with the, the deal back and forth. Would there be, you know, would they take out the stuff for 2021, the expanded playoffs and all that, and make it just for 2020? There have been a lot of different parts of this, as obviously I'm sure we'll see as it continues to, to come out. Uh, the article goes on. Would Major League Baseball perhaps exercise a quicker trigger to cancel play, knowing players will be paid only for each game actually played? and that the league would still get the expanded playoffs for future seasons. That is a really interesting situation. And finally, what would the players get out of such a deal? It's a really interesting point because the players are giving them the the concession of expanded playoffs for this year and next year, and that's a big deal. We talked about it on Friday's show, obviously, uh, for a 50-60 game season. I I think expanded playoffs are fine. It helps kind of... um, encapsulate the randomness in, in a certain way, but for 162 games, it's silly. It's more than half teams making the playoffs. It really devalues the, the whole purpose of the grind itself. So I, I, I am concerned about that in future, and it is something they would be giving up. So it is a great question. If, if COVID concerns arise during the season and it gets to the point where multiple teams are missing multiple players and Manfred has to cancel the season, how does that shake out in the deal? It's a really important question. That's the thing, too, that, that kind of highlights – and again, I give, you know where I am at with the owners and the players. I'm, I'm so mad at everybody, more the owners and the players, but I'm mad at everybody. So I'm not looking to give them any outs because I don't think they deserve any. They should have figured this out. But um, it does just kind of give an example of, of how complicated this whole thing is. I mean, there are so many layers and so many people involved and so many situations involved. Well, if this, then this. If this, then this. If this, then that. If that, then this. When you're talking about not just money, not just how to play a season, not just who gets the money from playing a season for every little aspect of that season, but then also weighing in the the potential concerns for a, a pandemic being on top of that, then adding in what happens if the pandemic affects the sport in this way, that way, this way, that way, this way, that way. There is a lot of complications to this. It is not easy. It is not something simple. It is not an um, obvious, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is This is confusing and this is tough. All right, the article goes on. Again, not to give them a break or anything. They don't deserve one, but it is tough. There's a lot to think about. Uh, It goes on. First in a phone call to Clark and then an email obtained by The Athletic, Manfred made an offer. Whether a suggestion kickstarts negotiation remains to be seen. Quote, unquote. This is from Manfred. Given the COVID developments, I understand that the players are concerned about the 2020 season will be truncated 
beyond the agreed upon number of games. For example, we agreed to play 40 and can, or we agreed to play 60 and can only play 40, Manfred wrote. If that were to happen, I would be prepared to eliminate the 2021 components of the deal. That would mean that we would not get the expanded playoffs for 2021. And the DH rule would revert to the current rule in the AL, DH and the AL, and not the NL. So that is a fascinating concession there. Something saying, all right, well, if you agree to this deal and, and COVID causes it not to be able to happen because we have to shorten the season, then guess what? The 2021 part of this deal, out the window. Forget it. We don't get it. And that's a really, that's a, that's a good concession there. That makes a lot of sense. You know, that is understandable. Now you have to figure out what it means by canceling the, the levels. I'm sure they have different language in there, but that is important. All right, the article goes on. The union's immediate reaction was that that offer needed clarity on whether Manfred's proposal would take effect only if a certain number of games were played. That's literally exactly what I was just alluding to. Is it 40, 50, 60? How many games have to be played for it to count and all that? Um, it goes on. The league, after putting together such a quick response to the players' concerns, did not provide an immediate answer. Clark and the players were in the midst of a call when Manfred made the offer. The players, in fact, were on the cusp of voting on the league's 60-game proposal, but did not go forward because of the new information. So that's interesting. They were ready to vote on that 60-game proposal. Again, prior to the weekend, you know, the owners had said 60 games. The players countered with 70. And instead of, you know, the logical, we'll meet in the middle. Again, five games, five extra games. If you get to 65, uh, that calculates to about $5 million extra dollars per team in salary. That's a relief pitcher, that's a, a bench hitter. I mean, $5 million extra per team for these billionaires, and they couldn't do it. They just said 60 or nothing, and that's where we're sitting, obviously, and the players were going to vote on that 60-game proposal, um, but didn't go forward because of the new information. The article goes on. Manfred, quote-unquote, I really believe we are fighting over an impossibility on games, he wrote in his email. The earliest we'll be ready for players to report is a week from Monday. Given the need to relocate teams from Florida, that leaves 66 days to play 60 games. Realistically, that is the outside of the envelope now. And, uh, you know, so what he's saying is is best case 60 games. That's what he's trying to say to you there. <laughs> Pretty clear, right? He's saying yeah, the, the best case scenario we're playing 60 games. It's, it. 70 couldn't even happen if we wanted to. Because you took so long. Sorry. Because this should have been done forever ago and you could have played way more games. Sorry. Sorry. That's how it's All right. The article goes on. The owners prefer a negotiated solution, but otherwise hold a wide variety of opinions on how to proceed, a source said. Some owners, fearing COVID-19 might wreck any attempt to play, want the league to slow down its plans. Others believe the league should no longer negotiate with the union and implement a schedule if necessary. Still others say the league should not proceed without an agreement, contending the optics of forcing the players to play during a pandemic would reflect poorly on MLB. Uh, yeah, <laughs> at least some owners, a small portion it appears, have some sort of um, correct way of looking at the situation and understanding what's happening, so I appreciate that. But um, again, I've said this before, but just the fact that there are owners who just want to shut down the season uh, is just... It's crazy to me. You know, I did my whole thing. You've heard me talk about it, but it's a public trust. And it, it just, they're fans of this team with generations of fans, with generations of families that love this team forever and ever their whole lives. And um, you have no right to do that. No right. 
is not your team, it's our team as much as it's your team. Um, so that, that drives me crazy. The article goes on. The union has spent months fighting for two elements regarding pay or play. Player pay. Full prorated salaries for players and the greatest number of games possible. Last Tuesday, for the first time since the March agreement between the parties, the league made a proposal in which it acquiesced on full prorata. How crazy is that? Last week, for the very first time since the March negotiations where they agreed to pay them the full prorated money. For the first time. For the first time, they finally offered full prorated. How how they had to wait till it could get down to 60 games. That's what it is. But it's pretty crazy. The article goes on. But the union suspects the league has moved slowly and continues to do so, enabling the owners to eventually say they had no choice but to play as, play as few games as possible. And we've been thinking about that for a while. We've said, you know, this is a stalling tactic. The owners don't want to play games. They want to stall as much as they can so that if the players were to file a grievance, they could not prove that, they had they could have played a longer season. I mean, I get it. It's a somewhat smart tactic if your plan is to not play as many games as possible, which is what the owner's plan was. So, you know, good on them, I guess, for being a bunch of jerks. But they've definitely stalled. That is the way it's played out. That's why we're where we're at, and it's incredibly frustrating. It goes on. Owners are firm that they do not want to push the season later on the calendar for fear of a second wave of COVID-19, which means the clock is ticking. But the players seem to be returning to a basic point. Any deal must be worth their while, particularly when they would be waiving the right to file a grievance related to the terms of the March agreement, as well as making other concessions. Again, they're making concessions, and, and giving up the right to file a grievance is a big deal. That's why the owners are even negotiating. If, if there weren't the potential of a grievance, the owners would have just instituted a short season, and that would have been it. Done. They would have done it already. We'd be have a 50-game schedule on the slate, starting a certain date, and there would be no expanded playoffs, there would be no DH, there be no deal on there, and they would have to show up, and there would be a grievance filed by the union, and it would just go on forever in perpetuity. It would be a disaster, not in perpetuity, but you know what I mean. Um, it would be a disaster, and that's where the situation's at, which is incredibly frustrating. The article goes on. The players are weighing. Would they be better off playing 50 games, the approximate length of the season if the commissioner implemented a schedule, and retain the right to file a grievance? Or should they play 60 and surrender the right to agreements while making other concessions worth an unknown but large amount of money? That's, that's really the tough question there. You know, it's if they make a deal, they get some things, you know, they get some guarantees, some concessions, but they can't file a grievance, which has been their hammer, has been. And look, <laughs> I mean, the owners deserve to have a grievance filed against them. Let's be real about this whole situation. The owners deserve the grievance right up their butts. Not going to happen. I mean, it will if they don't make a deal, but it wouldn't happen in that situation, but they deserve it. Um, but that's really what it comes down to. I'll read that again. The players are weighing. Would it be better playing off playing? Would it be better off playing 50 games, the approximate length of the season if the commissioner implemented a schedule, and retain the right to file a grievance? Or should they play six or 60 and surrender the right to an agreement while making other concessions worth an unknown but large amount of money? So there you go. You know, that's what that's the real question the players are facing right now, and that's why. And again, I think that's why the owners are stalling in the first place is the idea that they're trying to uh, cut into any sort of grievance argument the players have by saying, oh, we didn't have enough time to play those games anyway. We couldn't have done anything. Look, we didn't blah, 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 and so on and so forth, as we know. All right, going on. The players are weighing the, excuse me, that's where we were. Um, the article goes on. 
The players also would benefit from aspects of the New Deal, including the introduction of a universal designated hitter in 20 and 21, a change they sought in the past two collective bargaining negotiations. The question is whether the collective elements would make sense to either side in the aggregate. And that's a good question. And look, the getting the DH in both leagues is not quite as big a give as waiving the file a grievance or whatever. Uh, the article finishes. The owners feel the players are making negotiations difficult by setting moving targets. Manfred believed he had reached an agreement with the union on the framework of the deal last week, but the union denied as much publicly. At this moment, it is unclear while any it is unclear whether any change other than a significant increase from 60 games would persuade the players to strike a deal. And the owners appear intent on staying on that number. Well, I think that's pretty clear. I think at this point the owners 60 games is their number, and I think Manfred's making it clear that that's where it's locked in at. All this, we thought we had a deal. BS is ridiculous. Manfred flew and met with Clark, and I guarantee they did not leave there, and Clark was like, deal! He has to go back to his people anyway. That was just silly. But um, the posturing from the owners in these situations, trying to spin it around and blame the players, has just been just beyond asinine. So incredibly frustrating. Angering in a lot of ways. Um, But look, here's where we're at. I think that I think they're going to do something. I think ultimately, I think the players look at this situation and say, all right, what happens if we file a grievance? Do we win a grievance? How realistic is it for us to win a grievance? And they have to weigh that against what they're getting in the deal. You know, the universal DH, the whatever guarantees they are able to get out of this deal, the idea, like Manfred said, that if a season gets canceled, the 2021 stuff doesn't kick in, all this type of stuff. Like They need to get as much out of it as they can and make a decision. Um, because again, like, I don't know if it is worthwhile. Like you may as well just say Manfred set a season, we'll file a grievance. Like, why not do that at this point? I mean, what are they really getting out of it? I mean, this deal, I think the, the key, what I'm trying to say is when you look at the deal as it is set up in front of us, it feels like the owners are getting more out of the deal than the players are comparative. If you're looking at either a 60 game schedule or a 50 game schedule, like, yeah, the players are losing 10 games, but I think that the upside of what they get for those 10 games is probably more worthwhile to them. The ability to file a grievance, the, um, you know, just kind of not giving in on the, the owner's duplicitous tactics throughout this whole thing and just saying, you know what, screw it. We're, we're going to stick to our guns when and where. Tell us when and we'll set a season. And Grant, when and where has lost some luster with this whole, you know, all right, well, we're going to play 60 games, agree to our deal. That's the thing. Is like there's a difference between forcing a season and agreeing to it, and people make it seem like, well, the players said they play, but then they have to agree to a deal. Like the owners can't just say like, well, then good. You said you'd play when and where. Here's our deal. Sign it. No, the when and where was related to setting a season. That was saying, all right, we're clearly not coming to a deal. Rob Manfred set a season. Now the owners got scared by when and where and said, all right, well, you know, hold on, let's do a deal here. Let We can still make this work. Let Manfred fly to Arizona. When and where scared the owners into acting, but now the owners are still coming with something that is below what the players deserve, and the players are have every right to, to, to go back on that. The when and where was based on Manfred setting a season, which still might happen. Honestly, might be the most likely outcome. But you, you hope they can come to a deal just from a harmonious perspective in the sense, look, it's going to be a disaster next year for the collective bargaining agreement. Anyway, we all know that. Um, not harmonious now, just more in the sense of, you know, it's a... Uh, 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 a season that at least both sides want to show up and play. Like they said, the optics of saying, all right, shut up and play, show up and play is worse than agreeing to a deal. I think the owners would like to agree to a deal if they're going to have a season, which it seems like, you know, they're going to, um, we hope. But again, this COVID stuff is scary. 
in a lot of ways, and it's the kind of thing that could change the, everything. You know what I mean? It could change the whole situation. The COVID thing is the, um, you know, one unknown in this whole thing that really could change it. Again, all these players and camps getting infected is, is a serious thing. It's scary. It's something that should make people nervous about baseball's ability to play a season, ability to, to get out there and start going and not worry about it getting shut down. So, um, and I think, look, as depressing and sad as it is the thing, and I know the owners are going to use this to any way they can. The owners are going to use the fear of COVID in any way they can to support their position as they have throughout this whole process. I mean, this whole process has been using this situation to try and get what they want from the players. So um, it's a question of how strong the players stand and, and what concessions they can get, whether they agree to deal. And we're going to find out, I think, very soon. I think this will be the week. We'll know one way or the other. Are they setting a season? Um, are they not going to have a season because COVID is, is causing too many fears? Or will they agree to something? And it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. And we're going to watch it, obviously, here every day until then. Stay safe, stay healthy. Let's keep our eyes monitoring all the information, all the news. And we'll, of course, be back tomorrow to continue to talk about this if there's any new information um, and all that. So until then, again, stay healthy, stay safe. And thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 